Hi friends, my name's Caitlin. My name's Kara. And this is our podcast, Shout Out to the Old Me. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Shout Out to the Old Me. What are we doing today? We are, we're traveling back in time. We're going to revisit arguably one of the best years in in our opinion I would I would say would you agree with that yes one? definitely I mean the world was grace yeah with us so, <laughs> taking you back this week to the year that was 1994 because on the day that you are listening to this podcast episode it's one of the best days of the year because it's the day <laughs> After my birthday and the day mm-hmm. before your birthday, so it's our our shared birthday essentially. Yes. I like to view the twenty eighth of January. Yeah, that's a fun way of looking at it. Yeah, so yeah. we I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we first met because we were doing an icebreaker activity in class where we had to line up in birth order. So that was how we became friends, but also realized immediately that we were born very close together in the year that was 1994. So what was happening in the world in 1994? We've done, we've done a little bit of research. So I've I've got some, I've got some facts for you, Caitlin, are you ready? Oh my God. I love (laughs) facts. Go for it. What what are our, what are our fun facts about 1994? So the world that was in 1994, mm. Clinton was the US president. Uh, Paul yep. Keating was the Australian prime minister. Someone tried to assassinate Prince Charles when he was visiting, actually the day before I was born. That's so um, crazy. And you sent me the video so I could watch that. And that was weird. <laughs> He's so like nonchalant and like I not know. bothered by it at all. He's like on stage at an event. The, the main reason I knew that this was a thing was because yeah. uh, my grandmother kept the newspaper like the age newspaper from the day yeah. I was born. And that's the front page story is some, oh, it's a photo of, of someone trying to assassinate Prince Charles. So that was a big world How event scary. right at the start of 1994. Um, yeah. Amazon was founded in 1994 Jeez. in its first iteration. Um, I also yeah. found out that China received its first internet connection. In 1994. Oh, wow. See, because that was the thing back then. Like, it was all the beginnings of, I guess, what we have now that is so, um, you know, that we have at our disposal. But it was sort of the the start of a lot of that tech stuff. The start of the dot-com boom, as it were. The Winter Olympics, because 1994 was a Winter Olympic year, uh, were held Mm -hmm. in Norway. Unfortunately, I don't believe Nancy Kerrigan was able to attend because... She was taken out in yeah. January by an unfortunate uh, attack that was was or was not orchestrated by Tonya Harding. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> in other parts of the world, Nelson Mandela was elected the president in South Africa after their fully multiracial election, which is mm, pretty wild. That is wild. Kind of more broadly in pop culture, Sony released the first PlayStation in 1994. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Like all these things that I hadn't even thought about. Whoopi Goldberg hosted the Oscars, which I'm sure would have been incredible. And Kurt Cobain died and Justin Bieber was born. So really (laughs) all round, what a year. What I know that is kind of that's crazy like all those things and these are things that are fairly well known in pop culture too you know like it's not until you really delve into the year that you're born that you find out these fun facts so that's a recommendation go have a look what happened on your birthday yeah did anyone get assassinated what was the the one thing I do like to get people to look up is what the number one song was yes on their birthday that's a fun one 
That is fun. But yes, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking through our favourites from the year 1994 as a way of celebrating our birthdays in podcast Mm. format. So birthdays, do you have any favourite birthday memories that jump out from your entire 27 years thus far? I know. You know, I wish I did. I've always had really wonderful birthdays, I will say, because mm-hmm. I know my mum's listening. <laughs> um, no, but we have. Like, the thing is, because her birthday's on New Year's Day, right. so um, we'd always have a big sort of, like, barbecue and, and have a lot of family around for New Year's Day and also her birthday. Like, that was a big celebration. Yeah. And so by the time it got to my birthday, it was kind of like, you know, it's a birthday that comes up quite quick you know, in the new year. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything that really like stands out. I know that I had a high five themed party. Ooh, um, I think that was pretty good. That was at Putt Putt. Mm-hmm. Shout out Putt Putt. Mini golf. Love that. Our hometown. Mini golf. What more could you want? Yeah, so that was probably – that one stands out. A lot of sleepover sort of parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favourite little – fun fact about my life <laughs> when my dad was driving my mum to the hospital when she went into labor uh-huh. um as i were driving there there's a song by the cars called tonight she comes <laughs> which was kind of like a premonition and they didn't know whether i was a girl or a boy ah. um, they hadn't found that out so it was kind of like oh is that a sign and it was and then I was here. So I think, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty cute little, like, anecdote from something I don't remember, but my parents <laughs> love that. I feel like um, as well it sums up you really well to, like, yeah. come into the world with some sort of song reference. Yeah, like, true, that just makes, I know. That makes that total That is a very sense. good point. Yeah. So no. that, that was, like, a cute little thing. Also, I remember I got my first camera for my birthday and that. Yeah sort of set me on a trajectory to, to to sort of pursue that. So, yeah, in terms of, like, birthdays, all really great. What about you? Well, birthdays, I mean, always a bit of a challenge because our birthdays fall around when school returns for the year. The day I was born, because unlike you, I'm the youngest of three, mm-hmm. my, my day of birth was my brother's first ever day of school, so... Oh. <laughs> Fully stole the thunder on that one. Grandma had to come and take him to school. And then my fifth birthday was my first ever day of school. So in all the photos right. from my first day of school, I've got a I'm five today badge on. Um, but I was really excited to go to school because I'm a nerd. We used to have a lot of fun parties. Like we had a swimming pool growing up. So there was a lot of attempts at pool parties that were or were not rained out. When I turned 10, I had a celebrity themed rollerblading party at Rollerama. The premise was, I guess, is that you would dress as a celebrity, but I yeah. wasn't dressed as a specific celebrity. I was just dressed as myself, obviously. Incredibly famous turning 10. But I got <laughs> a special outfit. I had like this pink um, sort of like rah-rah mini skirt that had like, oh. you know, like the like the yes. layers on it. Mm-hmm. And then I had this top. I think I, I'll have to find a photo of it. But I had like this white top that had like laces over the sleeves and then it had like pink and blue phrases on it. Like, and like, and I think there was like gold glitter. I think it said like famous and like chic and stuff. I can't remember (laughs) exactly what it said. Then I curled my hair and I also had 
pink sunglasses. So birthdays aside, just my most iconic outfit ever, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, haven't haven't been rollerblading in years, but that 10th birthday was probably probably up there. Um, Just, you know, being the centre of attention as I was (laughs) bound to be as the youngest child of three. Just constantly demanding that. But yeah, so sorry to my brother if he is listening for stealing your thunder. How rude. the other thing that I triggered when I was born was uh, my father getting grey hair. He didn't have grey oh, hair yes. until I came no. along. So. That's, that is part and parcel. Of, sorry um, about of that. that. Um, yep. And sorry to my, well, I guess my entire family, <laughs> but mostly my mum for being a couple of days late. Like, yeah. if I'd been on time, then I wouldn't have overshadowed the first day of school and it would have all been fine. Yeah. But alas, I just had to take had to take a couple of days. I love that this is just your, like, uh, apology to us. Yeah. <laughs> About being born. But you know what? You know. I was I was late too. I think that's kind of – I've learned over the time that people have had kids that – Apparently being late is normal. Yes. Because I was fairly late. I was supposed to, yeah, I, was, I think I was, yeah, the 26th. So, yeah, a few days, a few days late. But what can you do? <laughs> exactly. We literally had no control about it. No but control about we it. we came eventually and we were born and it was wonderful. So yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> the world gained two wonderful Aquarians and here yeah, we are. Exactly. Been the here best of are. friends 27 years later. Um, well, do we want to move into music? Yeah, I think so. So, it's we're going back, like we said, to the year 1994. And like we do on the podcast, we, we talk about music and movies and TV. Um, and so we're going to cover all the things that sort of happened that year and sort of reflect on... I think we've taken different approaches, actually, to the music yes. um, section. <laughs> but that's always fun. I always love it when we bring something different. You know, to sort of set it up and give a bit of context of what the music was like in 1994. We're talking mid-90s here, guys. Which, some of it was terrible. But overall, it was pretty good. You had, like, the introduction to Britpop. There was some pop punk going on. And mm-hmm. I think the best... R&B of the 90s came out that year um, and that year we had so many bands come into the into the fold like Weezer, Outkast, um, yeah. Notorious B.I.G., uh, Marilyn Manson, Oasis, Korn, Aaliyah and Brandy. So like a mix of artists sort of came out that year. On a more personal level though, in 1994, Green Day's Dookie was released. Blink-182's first studio album was a big hit. And sort of closer to home, we got the lead single and debut song from Silverchair called Tomorrow. So good. Which is still their top song on Spotify, which is incredible, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like with all that, the emergence of pop punk gave us an introduction, like I said, to Weezer, who took inspiration from Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And I guess for kids of that era, pop punk replaced grunge. Yeah. And it also gave us the Warp Tour in 95. So because those bands were becoming so big, you know, and had all these like anthemic hits of the 2000s, you know, we, we got so much from pop punk in that sort of, you know, late 90s. And funnily, in, a, in the short 13 years later, it changed my life for the better, all these bands coming to fruition in the 90s yeah. and, and specifically in 94. But it was interesting looking at the biggest hits of that year, which yeah. this might be controversial, but R. Kelly's Bump and Grind became one of the <laughs> biggest R&B singles of all time. But also Ace of Bases' The Sign ruled the charts. Like, 
could not get two more different songs. We also got Mariah Carey's Christmas album that we talked about. So I know. And so these were all things that were happening in 1994. But like I said, you took a different approach. You Do you want to talk about yours first? Because I think that's kind of interesting. Like you said in the (laughs) intro, another 1994 baby was born. Yeah, so as I briefly touched on in the intro, 1994 was, I mean, it was a great year, not only because we came into the world, obviously, (laughs) somewhere in Canada don't know yeah Justin Bieber also came into the world so obviously you know he most notably shot to fame in 2009 2010 when we were in high school with songs like One Time and Baby which were very much you know a bubblegum pop but sort of mixed with a bit of an R&B kind of background thanks to the mentorship of Usher in 2011 you know we had the Never Say Never concert 3D concert movie Mm. spectacular which I definitely own on DVD and I'm pretty sure we went and saw in the cinema together with that group of friends throughout the years Biebs has definitely had some uh, indiscretions shall we say yeah and has received a lot of hate from people some for his behavior some for just hating his music but I also think he's had some absolute bangers oh Um, no doubt you know in some areas has received kind of a bit of a redemption in the last few years so yeah I think it's fair to say that he's probably one of the biggest artists of our generation so I wanted to in the music section of our 1994 episode have my Main music choice as Sorry by Justin Bieber. It's a banger. Like, it's just, it's one of those, like, I, I've been a believer since very early on. And, you know. Oh, my God. It- I don't think I've ever heard you repeat to yourself as a believer, but I love it. You've never heard me self-identify. I don't think so. I just got a shock. I had a gasp. Well, I'm pretty sure when we went to see the movie in the cinema, I'd already seen it. (laughs) Really? I feel like like maybe, I'm pretty sure I saw it twice in the cinema. No way. I don't think I was privy to that information. (laughs) Well, clearly I was playing my cards very close to my chest. If it's now 10 years later and you've just heard me call myself a believer (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, I definitely, you know, there was definitely a period sort of in the middle yet there. And even probably more recently where I haven't sat down and given full albums a listen. Sorry, Justin, if you're listening. But Sorry is the song that I wanted to choose. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I want to say it came out in like 2017. No, it was from his fourth studio album, Purpose, in 2015. Sorry, my internet research is proving me wrong. I'm like, time is fake. (laughs) Time is a lie. It definitely came out more than, yeah, so 2015. So this is kind of great. So you've got, it was in between What Do You Mean and Love Yourself, co-written by Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter, who obviously worked on many, many songs that we love. But yeah. Sorry, you know, rumoured to be about Selena Gomez, but it was just, it's just a banger. It's such a good song. It's such a good song. And the film Um, clip's really good too. The film clip's really good. The song Mm. builds really well. So I wanted to give a shout out to Beeves as one of the highlights of 1994. So that was kind of my (laughs) first music choice. It was really fun listening to your little intro because I hadn't heard that before and you mentioned all of the songs, all of the artists that I'd chosen. So as Caitlin mentioned sort of in the intro to this music section, another huge part of 
the early to mid to late 90s, I guess the 90s as a decade, was mm. the Battle of Britpop. So yeah. in, I want to say, year eight humanities, mm-hmm. we had to pick a country and make a poster about that country. And Ooh. I picked Britain and I did a poster about Britain and half of it was about the music. <laughs> and Amazing. there was a whole section about the Battle of Britpop. So obviously we can't talk about the Battle of Britpop without talking, you know, about the two main players, which were Blur and Oasis, who repeatedly, I want to say like two or three times, released albums in the same week. It was always, it was literally a battle uh, for that number one spot. And I know our friend Kate is a massive uh, Britpop fan as well. So the songs that I wanted to choose were Girls and Boys by Blur. songs that I feel like when I read about it earlier I was like what is that song and then I played it and I was like everybody knows you know it's like, yeah. like you can't just one of those no. songs that you'll just hear and be like yes of course like every single person <laughs> on the planet knows this song yeah so great and then Oasis with rock and roll star was yes. their sort of big song in 1994 which again is an absolute banger Those were kind of two more of my honourable mentions, highlights for music in 1994. And then the third one is a band that I am a pretty massive fan of, I have to say. And you mentioned in your intro that in 1994, Green Day released, which is actually their third album, um, Dookie, in 1994, which... I've realised earlier when I was doing my research, they recorded the whole album in the space of three weeks. My God. um, And released it in February of 1994, and it went on to become their best-selling album of all time. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still... And so many songs on it have done so well and still are always played. I mean, like, I used to go out to this place that specifically played, Mm -hmm. like, pop punk and, like, emo music and like scene music basically and uh green day always gets a run and specifically yeah dookie always has an appearance like like, that album yeah when i come around is a great song from dookie my favorite and the one that i've chosen for this is basket case just hear the intro and immediately you're just like yes this is great it's so good so had to yeah had to pick that one out as a highlight as well so yeah just so many bangers like so many so hard to choose but um, I know and like it's and like I said in the intro it's like it's so diverse like and I suppose every year of music is like that because there's always you know battling genres and 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 emerging genres coming through all the time but it was just really interesting to zone in on the specific genres that were huge Mm. in the 90s because you think I always think of the 90s especially early 90s being sort of like obviously an extension of the 80s but like that you know hip-hop and R&B was so big and it was really and grunge sort of coming through at the same time which was sort of just such a weird synergy (laughs) I would say yeah like 
uh, yeah, it's really it's really interesting to see. I guess sort of in the same vein as uh, Green Day, the band that I decided to pick was a band that I think I've talked about on the pod a couple of times, mm-hmm. but it's it's The Offspring. And the song I picked was Come Out and Play. I was listening to it just before and I was so excited. I'm like, yes, I can't wait to talk about this song. Obviously, the album Smash came out in 1994 and it's still their biggest selling album, which is interesting because I always assumed that Americana with Pretty Fly for a White Guy would probably be their biggest seller, but seems to be overall. And it was huge in Australia. I also didn't know that. Yeah, with Smash, you know, it was hard to pick which song but sort of became apparent when I started listening to it that come out and play is definitely my favorite Mm -hmm. but also had self-esteem and got to get away I still listen to the offspring on a regular basis Um, and I was really lucky and it just happened to be that when my friend Sarah and I went to uh, Good Things Festival in 2018 Mm -hmm. they were the headliner uh, headlining act at the festival and they played Smash from start to finish it was like the anniversary yeah the anniversary of the album because oh it would have been 25 years yeah oh my god Anyway, yeah, so it was like an anniversary tour that they were doing and and they decided to do that for a festival, which is really interesting and goes to show like how proud they are of that album. We stayed towards the end, but we had to leave um, because I was like, oh, because I'd seen The Offspring before and I didn't think that they were going to play like their biggest hits at the end. Yeah. They they ended up doing Pretty Fly for a White Guy and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, so we missed that. But it was still awesome to see some of the songs that I never, I hadn't seen them play live because they're album tracks, you know. Yeah. So it was it was really cool. And, you know, Smash as an album was really responsible for bringing punk rock into the mainstream and helped, you know, pave the way for a lot of pop punk bands in the 90s and early 2000s. And, you know, along with Green Day also, you know, they were two of the most commercially successful punk rock albums released in 94. And it's really yeah. awesome that it ended up attracting, you know, major record labels to sign on bands like I suppose like No Effects was around that time and yeah. and they're bands that I still I listen to as well like I yeah very thankful for the offspring <laughs> for their con- contribution to music like what like what you were saying with getting to see them play the album live yeah. I've never seen Green Day live but I did watch when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by Fallout Boy actually which was fun when they do the induction, they get to like perform a set and they open the yeah. set with Basket Case and they also yeah. played When I Come Around as well as yeah. American Idiot and a few other songs. And it's just like the longevity and the, the legacy, yeah. I guess, of these artists and, you know, these songs is that, you know, we are sitting here 27 years later still talking about them. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. It is. And it's it pretty was, incredible. And yeah. two, really, two really great albums for, yes. for pop punk and... And I, I would say that any band that you talk to, especially current bands or bands that we sort of actually grew up with, you know, yeah. and alongside attribute a lot of their a lot of their influence to especially early Green Day and, and early yes. Offspring. I have some honourable mentions as well. And I sort of picked them. It's funny, like I was saying with this, you know, rock or pop rock and punk rock and all that sort of influence coinciding with hip hop. I decided to go with uh, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. (laughs) 
that came off ill communication and it really combined those two genres that I love together, rock and hip hop. And just was really representative, I think, of the time and the sound at the time. And I totally associate Beastie Boys with like the mid 90s. It's just so yeah. good. And I love that record. And the second honourable mention I wanted to put on there was Who Am I? What's My Name? by Snoop Dogg. Of course. It's from the appropriately or inappropriately named album Doggy Style, mm. um, which was just, it's just a straight up banger. Yeah. Sorry, but it is. And it has one of the greatest musical intros ever. It's like one of those songs where you hear and it's like, I can imagine myself walking into a room and if this was playing, <laughs> I'd feel so sick. Your entrance music, like you're in WWE. Yes. Totally. Yes. That is the song I would pick. Um, it's just so good. And it's like, it's got that. Oh, anyway. It's great. Yeah, so those are our musical picks. Kind of similar, but varied. I'm glad that you went with some Britpop. Just so many iconic songs. I'm just re-googling what the number one song was on my birthday. Because I want to know. I assume it'd be the... Mine's I think. Is it? Were they they different? When was the ratings week? When did it start? I don't know. So the UK number one was Things Can Only Get Better by D-Ream. Oh, (laughs) Okay. The US number one was Brian Adams, Rod Stewart and Sting. Yeah, that's the one I, yeah. <laughs> from the Three Musketeers, which was also the number one here. Yeah. Um, in Germany, the number one was Ace of Base, The Sign. And then oh. in Canada, the number one was All for Love again. I, is it the same for yours, do you think? I think it is. I think it was the Brian Adams. Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah. That's really crazy. I, You know, considering how much good music came out that year, it really became obvious to me that a lot of the stuff that I really liked wasn't popular yet. Or like, yeah. you know, it was sort of all emerging, a lot of it. Well, that's the um, thing. And even like yeah. with Green Day, like Dookie was a massively successful album, but their next two albums weren't as We're, successful. So it wasn't really yeah. until American Idiot that they had this massive resurgence. And then obviously for our generation, that album was like oh my God. a really kind of pivotal moment. Huge. So it's interesting to kind of look back. Yeah, I remember that album, the American Idiot, coming out like when we were in primary school. So it yes. was very much like... We were actually actively listening to music, and I remember blaring um, "Holiday" going into my primary school because <laughs> I, I had it on single. I remember getting into competitions with people in reciting <laughs> who could recite the first verse of "Jesus uh, of Suburbia" the fastest. Oh, yeah. I was very I good at it. it. In case were you're wondering, you? there you go. Good to know. Good to know. Party trick. Yeah. Also, it was funny. I didn't realize this until I was reading it earlier, but. A, a little weird sort of um, parallel that came out of music that year was so Counting Crows mm-hmm. came out with the song Mr. Jones, which great song. And Cheryl Crow's All I Want to Do also came out that year. Also mm. great. Also, what are the longest pronunciations of Santa Monica Boulevard? <laughs> like how she stretched that out over a, a whole line of a song is remarkable to She's me. She's a talented woman. She is a talented woman, but also the film The Crow came out that year. So coincidence? I think <laughs> not. I know. Well, speaking of movies, <laughs> good, uh, good segue. Segway. Good job. <laughs> so other parts of pop culture also include TV and movies. So 
I guess it's interesting because when I first had a look at TV in 1994, it was a bit all over the place. But a couple of really big shows that did debut that year were Friends, Mm -hmm. ER, and they were sort of running up against Seinfeld. So the sitcom, which we've talked about in another episode, was really, you know, coming to a head and it was really big at the time. But a little bit closer to home, that was the Battle of the Soaps. Yeah. Network 10 had Neighbours. Mm-hmm. Channel 7 had Home and Away, which are both still airing, mm-hmm. which is so – it's funny how long that – and they've been going since the 80s. Country Practice mm-hmm. had its final season, which was huge here in Australia. But we also had premiering shows like Blue Healers and Heartbreak High, which are, were really popular shows throughout the 90s and um, – Blue Healers into the 2000s. I didn't have any TV shows on my list. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't really pick anything out that I sort of wanted to talk about. But you have a couple of TV shows, I think, on yours. So do you want to talk about your TV choices from 1994? for sure. So Caitlin already mentioned it in her little TV intro, but obviously Friends uh, premiered in September of 1994 and it ran for 10 seasons all the way through to 2004, you know, starring Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matthew Perry, Matt LeBlanc and David Schwimmer. I came to an unfortunate realisation today that we mm. are now the same age oh, slash yeah. slightly older than the friends. But I also then realised in my trying to track down the data on how old they are, apparently the writers were really terrible and kept like yes. ageing people up like three years in a season yeah. and no one could keep track of how old they were. But yeah. roughly we were the same age. Um, I think Friends, obviously, you know, centres around the main six friends hanging out at the Central Perk and their sort of, you know, their love lives, their friendships, their dramas and their their happy memories. And it was really, it was definitely one of the first kind of sitcoms I was able to watch because obviously we were still pretty young um, yeah. when it was happening. But it was just one of those shows, obviously an excellent theme tune, which we covered oh. in our theme songs episode, I think. Yes. But just one of those shows which is kind of, I haven't rewatched it. I imagine there's probably a few jokes in it, as with many of these the sitcoms from this era, they're a bit like a bit of a yikes in the modern context. <laughs> but I yeah. think for its time, Friends was definitely and it was definitely one of the highest rating TV shows of that era, but it yeah, was just it was a so, game changer, I think. It was so funny and easy <sighs> to watch and everyone had a favourite and everyone was trying to like figure out which friend they were and just yeah. like those sets were iconic and just you know, yeah. I think really really kind of sums up like how many people like went to the hairdressers and asked for the rachel haircut oh my gosh it's hard to measure like pop culture impact but when you have that happening i think it's fairly fairly significant so the other show i wanted to talk about and i think we're going to do a separate episode on australian children's television shows because there is a whole lot of awful but great content we could talk about but in the year 1994, an incredible program, um, which I realised only ran for the year, but I definitely saw it when I was a kid, so they must have played repeats of it. Yes, but I believe the, so. the Ferals, mm-hmm. <laughs> could you come up with a more Australian name for the show? They could have nope. just called it the Bogans or the Darrows. Like, so the Ferals was a kids' TV show here in Australia, which had some human characters, but it also had a cast of animal characters that were played by puppets known as the ferals so they live together in a backyard shed (laughs) oh my god yes as you do so Mm. there was a rat called radis a feral cat called medigliana who was quite glamorous from if i recall correctly a rabbit called mixie and a feral dog called darren um (laughs) darren (laughs) 
Oh, Darren, sorry, but same thing. Um, (laughs) And they fight with their landlord who's trying to evict them from the garden. Yeah. Uh, The two (laughs) university students who live in the house where the shed is who are trying to protect them from eviction, but sometimes they get annoyed at them. There was also, you know, the Bogans from the bush um, who were Keith the koala and Kylie the kangaroo. Of course, what else would you call the koala and the kangaroo other than Keith and Kylie? Who thought they were above the ferals due to their status as native Australian animals. And it was just so weird. (laughs) But we loved it. Just wanted to give a shout out to anyone who had forgotten that the ferals existed. Yeah, Uh, well I had. That was not a fever dream. (laughs) That did actually happen. You did watch a show about puppets and puppet animals that were living in someone's shed in the backyard and facing eviction. I'm kind of glad that you said that because I do think that that's a part of my childhood that I did sort of wonder if that did happen. It's sort yeah. of like a lot of round the twist episodes. Like, <laughs> did that really happen or did I just dream that? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's the beauty of it, I think. <laughs> so can confirm it did happen. It was pretty it weird, but it did happen. So Good that was one, one of the TV highlights. I wanted to single out for this yeah. episode. Yeah, well, I didn't have any TV shows, but I do have movies on my on my yes. choices. So I guess like to sort of set up movies in the year 1994, why look any further than what won the Academy <laughs> Awards that year? Um, so Best Picture went to Forrest Gump. Best Musical was The Lion King. Obviously, Best Actor was Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. And Best mm-hmm. Actress was Jessica Lange in Blue Sky. Ah. Um, yeah, love a bit of Jess Lange. American Horror Story, shout out. But the best original screenplay went to Pulp Fiction, directed Mm. by Quentin Tarantino and written by Quentin Tarantino, which is my first pick. (laughs) I couldn't not pick Pulp Fiction, especially like considering I'm a super nerd for Tarantino films. Yeah. Pulp Fiction starring John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth and Uma Thurman, the Queen. This film chronicles a series of incidents that intertwine the lives of two Los Angeles mobsters, a gangster's wife, a boxer, and two small-time criminals. Now, I think I've mentioned in a pod before that I studied film at university, and this was one that we we studied quite a lot. I kept going back to this film because there was so much in there that for someone that's a, a bit of a nerd for film, there's just... There's a lot that you can dissect from it. But I guess sort of, you know, as generally to the year of 1994 and and to the film industry, it just, it combined so many aspects of film that I love and, you know, it influenced so much of the genre at the time. You know, it's always compared to other sort of watershed films, I guess, that sort of came about and then changed the industry. You know, it was one that was just so big. And it existed, I guess, in like on that fine line between real life and the fictionalized world that Tarantino created. He creates these worlds that are just so different to anything that you would see in real life, but takes stories that are sort of based in reality. And that's what Pulp Fiction does. That's what Reservoir Dogs does. Um, and so many of his other films and also a big part of it too, in the nineties, I guess they hadn't figured out how to, you know, make a big blockbuster film, but also have it, be like not all about that and so I guess with Tarantino doing this film it was a smaller budget it sort of transformed the industry's attitude towards indies and that was notable at the time because you know an increasing number of actors were switching back and forth between massive studio films and low budget independence 
And that was sort of inspired by the fact that Bruce Willis, who, you know, at the time was one of the highest paid actors, had done all the Die Hard films and Moonlighting. Um, he signed up to do Pulp Fiction. And so it really changed the attitudes of, you know, actors sort of going, well, why not like go do something smaller between those two big films? And we see that a lot with the Marvel universe um, with a lot of actors going back and forth. So I think that sort of inspired that two that's sort of more current but yeah it was just a masterclass and like screenwriting it was just so good that's my first pick my second pick mm-hmm. is kind of I guess in the same genre of movie um obviously came out the same year because that's the whole point of this pod <laughs> but it's another action crime drama called Leon the Professional directed by Luc Besson so Matilda played by Natalie Portman is taken by Leon who is a professional assassin after her family was murdered And, you know, it's a father-daughter sort of relationship that forms between the two and she becomes his protege and learns how to be an assassin. Um, And so she's kind of going on this journey and it stars Jean Reno as Leon, Gary Oldman's in it, and like I said, Natalie Portman as Matilda. So Luc Besson is a French director. It was his first English language film and it felt like it was something I hadn't seen before. And this was another one I studied at uni. Um, because I, I think I sort of opened my eyes to a lot of different films as yeah. I was, you know, studying film because it's important to have a like a, a wide range of sort of influences when you're doing that, especially when you're writing as well. I do think that Leon the Professional is what making movies all about, you know, because back then you're not using these massive special effects. It's a perfect example of, you know, the acting coming to the forefront and it's all about, you know, the emotion even more so than the dialogue and it's it's packed with action it's funny it's dramatic Eric Serra did the music for it who's incredible and it's a soundtrack I listen to all the time because I love film soundtracks <laughs> um but yeah and I think it's just impressive it's 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 amazing and it's really of the time and you know mid-90s was sort of another resurgence again and and moving from that sort of big blockbuster film like I said with Pulp Fiction and moving more into the indie sort of side of things and you know some of my favorite movies are indies and you know and they are really a credit a credit to that sort of genre of film coming to the forefront and you know creating the movies that we love today but yeah <laughs> so those were my two films yes and I guess sort of like I said you know even moving away from big blockbuster films you still have you still have the big movies so <laughs> do you want to talk about your movie I mean the highest grossing film of 1994 earned seven hundred and sixty three million dollars at the global box office oh my god i mean as it should because yeah why wouldn't you want to go and see the lion king in the cinema like at least four times like exactly this vhs was on repeat throughout childhood the soundtrack was constantly on the go i feel like do i need to explain the plot of the lion king nope (laughs) (laughs) i feel like everyone should be familiar hopefully caitlin you can insert a clip of you know one of the songs. Nah. <laughs> I'll just do, I'll just Who do needs it a for clip? You. you can just perform it. It's great. Um, but obviously, you know that whole kind of our generation. I feel like of '90s kids is defined in part by the Disney animated classics. And The Lion King is one of those ones where it's just like the songs are great. 
the animation style is beautiful. I haven't seen the remake they did a few years ago, but this version, absolutely iconic. There was also, I'd like to give a shout out to the Timon and Pumbaa Jungle Games PC uh, game. Oh my God, my favorite game. <laughs> Which I love that game. We didn't have on our computer, but my granddad had on his computer. So whenever we would travel like the 45 minutes to visit my grandparents on the weekend, mm-hmm. we would play that game over so what it, there was like bug drop yeah and um the pinball one and oh i can't remember what the other games were the one where you yes. had to eat move along and eat the things eat the bugs yep. as well uh it was like a fight a between me and my siblings to see who got to sit down um at the computer <laughs> and play it so yeah i had to had to give a shout out to the lion king and by extension timon and pumba's jungle games yeah. on pc but that was definitely this film it's just a feel-good film i mean it's it's yeah. a roller coaster of emotions obviously but it was just one of those ones where it really i feel like yeah defined a generation like you yeah. would, you would struggle to find someone i think our age at least and definitely within our circle of friends who hasn't seen the lion king and then you know it's gone on yeah. to be redone in film but there's also the incredible stage production as Mm -hmm. well and it's just kind of one of those movies that has entrenched itself into pop culture in so many different formats but I can't can't go past the OG which was deservedly the highest grossing film of the year and the year that we were born so it also um gave Elton John a bit of a bump too I think did brought him back back into the into the fray I love the story about him begging Disney to let him do the soundtrack (laughs) Because he was like, let me do it. I can do it. Yeah, I swear. I <laughs> As promise. if they needed any convincing. Right? But, like, it's Elton you know. freaking John. I know. Um, that's a really good film. And, yeah, like I said, totally. It was, oh, my gosh. And Lion King 2, I remember specifically watching mm-hmm. a lot as well. So, yeah, very much. And I suppose those are the sort of films that were introduced to earlier yeah. than, say, a Pulp Fiction, obviously. <laughs> but I think as well it speaks to kind of like what we were talking about with The Offspring and Green Day, but, like, the longevity. Because mm. kids today, and not that I know that many children, but as far yeah. as I'm aware, they are still watching. I mean, oh yeah. You know, Frozen's and your Tangled's and your Moana's are a little bit more kind of present. But things like The Lion King, like if you go to Disney World and you go to Animal Kingdom, like The Lion King stuff is everywhere. It's so of cool. Of course, anyway. yeah. But yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that's our, our favourite sort of music and, and movies from that year. What are we going to move on to next? I think that's kind of it. That is. That brings us to yeah. the end of the episode. Um. Oh. I guess I just wanted to, you know, wish you a happy birthday, mate. Oh, you too, mate. <laughs> you too. Um, do we have? We haven't got any plans. I don't think. No. You might. You might catch up with some friends. Yeah, I've got some pretty low key plans. I mean, you know, we yeah. are still in a global pandemic. Well, so exactly. I don't think it'll. You know, nothing. It won't be anything compared to our uh, combined sixteenth birthday that we had. Oh yeah, throwing rager, it back. We sat in your backyard and ate pizza. That was pretty yeah. wild. Um, pizza party. You know, what we also <laughs> have to organise. We're doing birthday presents. What are we doing? Oh yeah. I've got yours. Oh, see, I had an idea for yours. But then yeah, you instigated. I know, but then you made a comment, and now I don't know if I want to get it anymore or not. <laughs> oh no! So I'm sure I, wasn't. I'm I sure might I wasn't. have to rethink what I'm gonna get you. What could I have possibly said? That's gonna really play in your mind now, isn't it? Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, that is gonna play on my mind now. <sighs> um, Are you gonna tell me just for, for the sake of the pod? <laughs> 
no. And you are playing on, for those listening, I'm the worst, and like our friend Steph will agree with this, I am the worst when it comes to buying gifts for people and immediately wanting to tell them what I got. Oh, yeah. So... No, well, I but and and equally, I hate surprises. Yeah, right. That will play on my mind now. Thanks for that. Sorry. Yeah, we will catch up eventually. That's it won't fine. Be for we our will. birthdays, and we will exchange gifts. I might just. I mean, I might still get it for you, regardless. Oh well, if you haven't got it yet, <laughs> haven't got it yet. And I wouldn't. But, but I yeah. also don't have any backup ideas. So <laughs> need to uh, need to sort that uh, out. But um, I mean, maybe I'll save it for your golden birthday in two years' time. Because obviously, this yeah. is my golden birthday. So you know, twenty seven on the twenty seventh doesn't <laughs> literally wow. doesn't happen every year. So I was telling my dad about that, and he was like. Oh, well, I was two when mine happened. Yeah. So, oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, my dad is the same because our dads have oh, the yes. same birthday. Oh, crazy. It's just, just all about the birthday. Just meant to be, you know. Yeah, Meant true. to be. But true that. Happy birthday to us. Happy yes. birthday to who else's birthdays? Oh, Callum Hood's birthday, 25th of January, fellow Aquarian. I have um, Oprah, which Oprah. is just epic. Um, who did I have? We looked it up the other day. Mozart, who was born on my birthday. Um, I know, I think it's in February, not January, but I know Tej and Lauren, who listen to our podcast, their birthdays are also in Aquarius season, so happy birthday to them. Uh, Also, Sarah, who has made many uh, mentions on the <laughs> on the podcast my old mate um her sister terry yeah shout out terry if you listen um she's on my we have the same birthday which is so fun oh that is fun a great birthday cruise happy birthday to just everyone what a time yeah just to everyone what a, what a great time to be born but oh, yes no dear. happy birthday to you and um yeah we'll see we'll see each other soon um with that that's it that's yeah. all we've got thanks for putting up with what was a very self-indulgent episode, probably. I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. If you did or you didn't, you can let us know over on Instagram at shoutoutoldme. You can leave us a voice message or a happy birthday message. You can sing us happy birthday oh, yeah. as a voice yes. message oh. on our anchor page, which is anchor.fm forward slash shoutout to the old me. Otherwise, yeah. you know, share the pod with anyone that you think might enjoy it and we'll be back next week for another episode. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>